<laughs> Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick, and who's your favorite choice? Hey everybody, it's Dave here, and we are starting Mock Draft Mondays just a tad bit late. That's due to conflicts on my part, but we are here to run this mock. First of all, the man up above me directly, Mr. Jason Brown, and above him, the draft guru from Climbing the Pocket Network, Mr. Tyler. Tyler, how you doing, buddy? Oh, life is good. Um, just a friendly reminder again that guards don't matter. Uh, I almost feel bad saying that considering I can see a Randall McDaniel framed jersey in Jason's background. But that, when you're great, it's okay. You do matter. If you're not, you don't. So let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. And there he is, our guy, always here, Vikings Jerome. How you doing? And before we get going, you know, Vikings Jerome is here. Be like Vikings, Jerome. Come on in whenever we go live to make sure you're not missing a show. Subscribe, hit the bell, get the notification, come through, tell us why all our picks are wrong, and let's have a good time. But before we get into this mock draft, you know, early on in the playoffs, our man Flip told us we should be learning from all these playoff teams. And so, um, yeah, I guess I got to ask you guys. What did we learn from last night's game? Because I had to uh, to just walk away from, from Twitter today because from what I've been led to believe by Vikings fans is that Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes are basically the same player. And because Patrick Mahomes was playing with all second string linemen last night against a very good Bucks front, that uh, the Vikings should spend all their picks on offensive line and Kirk Cousins will turn into Patrick Mahomes or something of that sort. I'm not really sure what the takes were because <laughs> I had to log off. But, uh, David, you're laughing. Like, what, what were your takeaways from that? And why on earth, uh, to, to paraphrase Luke Braun, are any, any of us thinking about the Vikings when the Super Bowl is being played? It's not our time. It's somebody <laughs> else's time. Let them have their moment. Why are we making this about us? David. What, well, were you, what were your takeaways? Vikings fans will always make it about them because we haven't been there since 1977 um, when I was a kid. But now I saw all that stuff that you did today, and I was just shaking my head. First off, how do I think the Vikings are going to take that game? They're going to look at it and see all the pressure, and there were 70 pressures put on Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to go. That's the answer. So I fully expect that they will be looking at defensive linemen that could get after the quarterback first thing in the draft. But what most of Vikingdom took it as was, well, his line was garbage. See what happens when your line is garbage. Well, they want to fix the old line. The question is, what do you get more big bang for your buck? In my opinion, and my opinion is what probably Zimmer's going to do, and that's go for those defensive linemen that can be impactful straight from the get-go and then hopefully in free agency pick up that left guard. But that's Dave's opinion. And, you know, Vikings Twitter was all aghast about we need O-line. I mean, always. Uh, Tyler, guards don't matter. 
Fornas, talk to me, my man. What were your takeaways? Because you were a bit fired up this morning about uh, all things Vikings as it relates to uh, the comps between Kirk and, and, and Pat Mahomes and just everything else that was going on today. So we're here. We're live. We're on air. Uh, get some stuff off your chest before we run through this mock draft real quick. Oh, my gosh. Where do we begin? Well, first off, Patrick Mahomes was missing four starting offensive linemen, including both tackles. Eric Fisher, number one overall pick in the draft, who has made multiple Pro Bowls. Mitchell Schwartz, who is arguably the best right tackle in football. You're missing both of those guys. You're missing both of your starting guards uh, from day one this season. And Andrew Wiley is playing center, who was your center day one. Okay, So you're missing two high-caliber tackles, and you're on basically your fourth and fifth guard. Like Mahomes played relatively well yet yesterday, considering he was dealing with all those deficiencies. His receivers were not getting open. They were dropping balls. He had that throw where he was parallel to the ground and rocketed it. A perfect throw, very catchable ball, and it hits his player in the face mask. Like, this is the Super Bowl. This isn't week two of the preseason. Your guys need to be making those catches. Now, the one thing I think we can learn from these teams, weapons, trenches. And then, obviously, the Bucks threw a lot of picks at cornerback a few years ago, and you're really seeing those pay off. Sean Murphy bunting last year in the second round. Uh, Carlton Davis, a.k.a. King of Slant Boy, uh, he, was, he was a day-two pick as well. Antoine Winfield Jr., day-two pick. Jamel Dean, day-two pick. Throw good assets at the secondary, and you'll be able to eventually start developing these guys, kind of like what the Vikings wanted to do with Mackenzie Alexander. And Nick makes a good point. Mahomes made some of the best throws we've ever seen yesterday. Still couldn't get it done. It was just too much uh, to crawl back from. That Bucks team was just playing lights out. They were getting pressure with four and keeping contain. And against a guy like Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers is the same way. You've got to get pressure with four. You've got to get it up the middle, and you've got to contain him in the pocket so you can swallow him up. And they did a pretty good job of doing that. And you've you got to make sure that you're able to rush the passer, cover for more than four seconds, at least somewhat decent, and you have weapons. This Vikings team has weapons. We have two good tackles. We have hopefully a guy who's going to figure out how to pass block at center at Garrett Bradbury. Focus on the defensive line. Get another asset or two at cornerback and fortify the pass uh, passing game even more. Get another weapon. Those are those are the three things that I think you need to focus on. Linebackers great, running backs great. It, you don't not want to have good players at those positions, but you really need to focus on those three. And with what Kirk Cousins is, look, he's probably peaked with the Vikings. He's never going to be that guy that you're going to ha- trot back there and think, oh, if everything goes wrong today. Kirk is going to win this game for us. He's, he's just not that guy. And I'm sick of this fan base being so okay with just relying on outlier years. 98 was an outlier year. 09 was an outlier year. 17 was an outlier year. You can't expect our team to be so good that it's borderline historic to make a run. You should have a guy that can keep you in that conversation every single year. That's what the Packers have had for the last 30 years with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I want that guy. I want us to take a chance, move up, and try and find him. Trade three first and Kirk for Deshaun Watson. Get him in here. Try and make it work. Stop building a freaking team and then throwing a random minute quarterback. 
It's, remember the 90s? Who wants to roll out Sean Salisbury at quarterback? I mean, Warren Moon's my favorite <laughs> football player of all time. You're rolling out a 40-year-old Warren Moon, and he was still really good. But it was a We will not game. accept any Warren Moon slander on this, no on Warren this channel. No Warren Moon slander. There will be no Moon <laughs> I, slander allowed. Only I, by Jeff George with his rocket arm. Jeff George was the number one overall pick. He just he just didn't mentally have it. He wasn't a good locker room guy, and he had character concerns. But that arm, oh, that arm was special. Get a guy like him with some good character, and let's roll with this thing. And All right, so so fact- Tyler, you, you, you've kind of set the stage for us here, and, and I, I know you're fired up. We were talking about it before we went live here, and I know you could talk about this subject for the full time period that we have designated for this here mock draft, but we got to get to work. We got four rounds of work to do here. So Tyler, with all that you said in mind, what strategy are we going into this draft with? Are we are we drafting like we're the Vikings? Are we doing what we want to do? Are we doing what we think's going to happen? Talk to me, man. I think we need to go full bore. This is what we want to do because I I honestly don't know what the Vikings are going to do at this point. Matthew Stafford just went for two firsts and a third. Obviously, one of those firsts was for Jared Goff, so a first and a third. Carson Wentz is being talked about going for a first two and two offensive players. I I can see Rick Spielman getting an offer good enough for Kirk to make him want to move him. Uh, and like he didn't want to move Diggs, he didn't want to move Percy Harvin, but he got offers he could not pass up. And I think with the way the quarterback market is right now, and possibly eighteen teams having a change of quarterback for next season, I think Rick gets that phone call and Kirk is adios amigo. So let's draft it the way we want. Let's see if we can find that guy and then put some pieces around him. Well, if Kirk gets traded, and if it's to one of the rumored teams that could be interested, they're ahead of us in the draft. So we take that one in our 14 and we bundle it and move up. Would mm-hmm. you do that? And with whatever so, else? We were talking about numbers. it. Yeah, we were talking about it in the chat, and I think – uh, one of the things that's going to be really tough is 2012, you had Washington giving up three firsts and a second to go from six to two. And one of the things that our guy Nick Olson mentioned was the fact that two of those firsts were in future years. So they're less desirable assets. And when you're drafting a guy like Robert Griffin III, you're projecting that team to be really good, really fast because he was perceived as that quality of a prospect. If you have 12 and 14, and you package either a two, a one, or a player, I think you might be able to move up into the top five relatively easily. And I think it wouldn't be fair, unfair to say Kirk Cousins could draw, let's say, 12 from the Niners. 12 and 14 gets you to probably four, and that gets you one of the top four guys. Dislike. Okay. Cool. All righty. Let us fire this thing up. Just because of where we are now from a timing perspective, I'm just going to go ahead and say we're going to have to see where the board falls because I don't know that we have a bunch of time to do trades at this point. So we're firing through this thing where the board board falls. We're going to make our picks, and we're going to keep it moving. So with that said, start the draft. Now, while we're waiting for 14 to come up, one thing yesterday did remind me of, Mahomes looked like Fran Tarkington of my youth. The scramble ability was almost mirrored what Fran could do. 
And uh, it was Fran's birthday here just recently, and I w- want to wish him a happy birthday. Declining the offer, even though, you know, in real life, we probably would have taken one of those. Mm-hmm. But here we are. It's time to make a selection, and it looks like, uh, Tyler, are we doing it? We have some We're people on do. the board here. We got Trey well, Lance. Uh, Rashawn, we got your boy Darishaw. I mean, those 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 are really the only players that I think that we would even consider at this point, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, I I would consider JC Horn at this spot too. I just finished his eval last night, and if you remember Joe Horn and the amount of attitude and swag that he played with as a New Orleans Saint, flipping the phone out from underneath the goalpost, his son JC is a dog, and he is just physical and he's chirpy, just like his dad, and. He's a little grabby, but so is Xavier Rhodes. You get him in practice with Mike Zimmer putting some boxing gloves on him, learning how to not be so grabby. I think he could be a really good player, and I think Zimmer will love him. But we're going to take Trey Lance because Trey Lance is my quarterback, too. I have him right now above Justin Fields and Zach Wilson before I finish final evals. Trey Lance has everything projected you could want. And I think when you look at Justin Herbert – and his eval coming out of Oregon last year, all the best things that he did at Oregon, they did not ask him to do. They didn't ask him to throw the ball vertically. They, they asked him to throw screens, throw crossing routes. They didn't ask him to throw seams and deep balls and deep crossers. We're, we're talking the short stuff. This is a, a read option RPO style offense he was running in Oregon, which gets a, a lot of flack for developing quarterbacks because it's very, very run heavy. You put him in Los Angeles, you get him into an offense where he's able to utilize his best strengths, which is his great arm. And look, he unfairly won rookie of the year over Justin Jefferson. He was, <laughs> look, yes, he Herbert did. was fantastic. Well, well and he, broke, he broke a bunch of records. He, he didn't have, the, in my opinion, the all-time great year Jefferson did, but that's neither here nor there. What I learned from that evaluation was you really want to work on what projects to the next level. If stats were the king, Timmy Chang and Tim Tebow would be having a Hall of Fame careers right now. And if you don't know Timmy Chang, he broke every passing record in the NCAA at the University of Hawaii in the early 2000s. (laughs) Was it the the Fighting Rainbows? (laughs) Yep. The the June Jones, Warren Moon, Run and Shoot. Rainbow. There we go. So, so we're going yeah. Trey Lance is what you're telling me. We're going Trey Lance. He, he is a big-bodied guy, three-star prospect out of Marshall, Minnesota. He's got a cannon. He throws with anticipation. He needs a little bit of work on his progressions and, and some technique. But the guy is one year as a starter. He's going to be 21 years old. You can mold him, put him in this offense, and give him the ability to have a very successful running game and work with the play action, and you have a guy who in three years could be doing a Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson and taking you to a Super Bowl, and that is what's really exciting. Plus, you have a rookie quarterback contract. Mm-hmm. What we did. So if you're getting 20- a Trey Lance, is your, is your hope then um, you're basically just riding it out for at least another year with Kirk Cousins and then trying to move, or are you trying to move Kirk Cousins this year just because the market is so just – out of hand. If you can move Kirk Cousins, you move Kirk Cousins. And you can't keep him this year if you have that guy and expect to move him next year because he's going to be a lot harder to move next year. 
with that $35 million cap hit. Right now it's at 31. You can kind of, it'll be easier to maneuver with an extension if another team wanted to do so. And teams are desperate right now to get that quarterback. They're desperate for an upgrade. Look at the Colts. If they still had Andrew Luck, they probably are winning a Super Bowl. Like They're a quarterback away. And you can make an argument for a few other teams that if they had an improvement at the position, that you're talking a Super Bowl run. So you make the move if you can right now. And if somebody's offering you good enough capital, you take it and you do everything you can to move up and get that next guy. All right. So we got Trey Lance. And uh, here we are. You know, we had to wait a little while for the next pick, but we're here. Pick 78. And uh, some familiar names, some names that we've seen before. Uh, Tyler, talk to me. Tell me some of the names that you like up here that we're still seeing. We got Javon Holland, who's a safety that is often mo- mocked to uh, to the Vikings. A couple tight ends on the board. Can't see us going that way. We got Peyton Turner, Jackson Carmen. Which positions do you want me to look at here? Your boy Spencer Brown is still on the board. Elijah Molden. Peyton Turner is a really interesting one because he kind of fits the mold of what the Vikings have wanted to do with third-round defensive linemen. He's not going to fit the Daniil Hunter mold. He's going to fit the Scott Critton, Jalen Holmes role where he's kind of a tweener and you think you can really develop his athleticism. Um, I don't think he's going to be this uber-high upside athlete like you I had with Daniil Hunter. He's going to be more of that DJ Wanna mold. At Houston last year, he was at playing at 290, playing three technique, and he dropped down to 270, and that's what he weighed in at the Senior Bowl. He's a real tweener. You can play him uh, inside and outside, and I think he could be a really good five technique, take over that Everson Griffin role, and you have Andre Patterson who's going to be able to show him how to utilize his hands better and really grow him in that element. Um, the one thing I worry about is because he is a real tweener, we haven't had great success with those guys. Like Jalen Holmes, we thought there'd be some development there, and there really hasn't been. So I I kind of like the idea of Peyton Turner. Um, let's look at the offensive tackles, though, because there's one guy, I think Dave and I have already talked about him, but I want to talk about him some more if he's still on the board. And... He might actually be – he is off the board already. Uh, Good for him. Deontay Smith is finally getting some respect in the mock draft machine. But are there any guys uh, right here that are worth it or worth it to draft and turn into a guard? Um, I think Jackson Carmen from Clemson is a really good one. He he is a good athlete. He had some good tape last year uh, when they played Ohio State in the uh, semifinal. Yeah, he handled Chase Young relatively well. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a guy that's a developmental kind of player. You're not going to ask him to start day one, but he's going to have a little bit of positional flexibility inside and outside. And I think you can grow him at, as, at, as, a, as a player. Um, obviously, it says that uh, his scheme fit is power, but I, I think he's a capable enough athlete to move in, in this zone system. And the Vikings will probably never touch him. They're probably going to look at Spencer Brown and want to take him. 6'8", like 295, 300 pounds. He's very long. He's probably going to jump out of the building. But I think I, I just worry about his ability with leverage. He was kind of exposed a little bit in Mobile. Did take some coaching and improve throughout the week. But he's 6'8", and he's not Bryant McKinney. 
that that kind of worries me a little bit because guys will be able to get under and really uh, stand him up leverage wise. Um, Hampson Isurovine is another really good option. We've talked about him many times mm-hmm. and we've picked him a bunch. He's just a very versatile safety. Can do a little Cam Chancellor. Can do a little Earl Thomas. He's he's kind of a hybrid player where you don't really have a position for him, but he's going to do a lot of different things. Elijah Molden, cornerback out of Michigan, he's he's going to be a feisty nickel corner, and he's got some great ball skills. Uh, one of my uh, colleagues, Roman, he uh, runs the Husky Hall, the fan-sided Washington account, and he he can't say enough good things about Molden. He's doing an interview with him here soon, and he's he's going to get me some some fun inside stuff and. I right now I'm probably probably gonna go with Spencer Brown. Um I really was hoping Deontay Smith was gonna still be on the board because I am absolutely infatuated with what Deontay Smith can bring to the Minnesota Vikings. He's he's gonna be Ezra Cleveland, but a better anchor. He's gonna be that athlete. He's he's got long arms, he's quick feet. And I think he's going to be everything the Vikings look for in an offensive tackle. But he's not here, okay. and I think Spencer Brown is a really good player, and the Vikings will still be interested considering what his athletic measurables project to be. Okay, so we're going with an offensive tackle. And if we're picking a Spencer Brown, what are your thoughts on how we're shuffling the rest of things around on the line? Honestly, if you're picking Spencer Brown and you think he can start day one and you still have Riley Reef on the roster, I think you really need to have the conversation to continue to pay Riley Reef and move him inside to guard. Riley Reef is a good left tackle. He's not a great left tackle. We're not talking about the Tyron Smiths of the world. We're not talking about what Tristan Wurst was in Tampa Bay. We're talking about a good left tackle. He has deficiencies, but those deficiencies get immediately mitigated if you move him inside to guard because he doesn't have to worry so much about speed rushers. He's quick enough to handle those interior pass rushers. And he doesn't have to worry about guys like Khalil Mack beating his ass with a bend. So he's, he's, he's got a solid anchor. I think, I think overall it would be a smart move for him to move to guard. And if you don't make him take a pay cut, which let's be honest, that's not happening. He's going to have to take a pay cut or he's gone. I think the Vikings would be set. You have good pieces all throughout the line no true weakness, and maybe Bradbury won't have to worry so much with absolute garbage guards next to him, and he can just worry about playing his game and not have to overcompensate, and maybe that fixes him too. All right, so we're back up once again. Who do you like? Pick 90 for the Vikings. Which of these players is uh, really standing out for you at this point? You've mentioned the passing game, and so we've got a quarterback. We've got some protection. We don't really have anyone to get after the quarterback, and we really haven't picked anyone up to defend the passing game on the back end. Is there anyone that you like at any of those spots here? Which way are you going? What are you thinking? I th- I'm really intrigued uh, if the Vikings move on from Kyle Rudolph with Hunter Long. He's going to be a guy that plays in line. He's a really good athlete, Gr- Great hands. Uh, Amari Rogers is one kind of kind of like a uh, like a poor man's uh, Kadarius Tony in this draft. He's going to do all the same things, but he's just not quite as explosive. Uh, the Minnesota cornerback Benjamin St. Juice, incredible length, great athlete, uh, does a good job sticking in the hip pocket. I think he's been a really big riser in this process. I think he could be a really fun project for Mike Zimmer. Um, Andre Cisco, 
is a guy that I don't think the Vikings will prioritize safety out of uh, Syracuse. Tore his ACL a few games into this year, has incredible ball skills, but he does have uh, some concerns. But I think he can play a deep safety, and that would allow Harrison Smith to kind of be that that rover inside the box and really be that riverboat gambler that he likes to be in is what made him so successful. Tyler Shelvin, the interior defensive lineman, can get some pressure. Uh, I, Victor, I I can't say his last name. I haven't heard it pr- pronounced yet, but the edge from Duke, he's a, he's a solid player. That looks like what, I think right now, That one feels okay. Dimukeji is what I'm rolling with for that one. Dimukeji, let's roll with it. Um, I think if I – like this is how we would draft. I think I'm going to take that chance on Andre Sisko because you – you can teach a lot of things. You can't teach ball production. And at Syracuse, not only is he, he a really good athlete, but he had like 16 interceptions over his college career, which is an incredible number considering this day and age. So Andre Sisko, the pick out of Syracuse, if those medicals check out, he can start day one. And I think he would be a really good guy to have opposite Harrison Smith. And he'd be giving the opportunity to grow as well. Love it, love it, love it. All right. So, David, what are you thinking so far here? We've got a quarterback of the future or the present, depending on how things go. Right. We've beefed up the offensive line. We're, we're doing some stuff here to replace uh, – I mean, Harris is gone, so we know that. Harris is uh, probably gone. So how are you, you feeling, David? We still need somebody on either a three-tech or an edge – that can hopefully start early. All right. Well, uh, we're back up. We got some uh, some edge players on the board. We've got a terrible quarterback from the University of Georgia on the board, so we're, we're not looking in that direction. Uh, Tyler, talk to me. What position should we be All looking right. at at this point in the draft? You know, I think right here, you know, this is where the Vikings do a lot of their work. You just you want to take best player available and just get talent on the team, and there there are guys who can honestly fit uh, some some real big needs. And the guy I want to go with right now is uh, shockingly out of the University of Tulane, and that's Cameron Sample. He went into Mobile, kind of the unheralded pass rusher out of Tulane. Patrick Johnson was getting all the hype during the preseason and even into the season. He showed up in Mobile and really dominated one-on-ones, a- able to uh, play inside and out. He's going to be able to play that five technique like Everson Griffin was. And I think he's he's got the the motor and the athleticism that the Vikings are looking for. And you, you give a couple of years, teach him some technique, and this could be another fourth-round gem pass rusher. Everson Griffin, Ray Edwards, Brian Robinson, and I think Sample can be that next guy. Boom. The pick is in. I like it. And here we are. Back again. What are you feeling, right. Tyler? Not too much well, has changed since the last one. Yeah. So what position uh, groups would you like me to look at? Uh, let's go with the, the the two edges from Notre Dame are really interesting because they were both really solid senior bowl players as well. Ade and then Dalen Hayes. Uh, Ade, oh, I, it's so hard for me. Oh, it's Ogundeji. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, both of these guys really did a fantastic job in senior bowl practices. Dalen Hayes has just an 
absolutely fantastic practice aesthetic. The short shorts with the one leg sleeve just was, oh, just, just, just badass. So both of these guys are really good players. Hayes is going to be a guy that you rush more off the edge. Um, Ade is going to be kind of more of a tweener. And I think, I think when you look at both of these players and kind of what they'll bring to the Minnesota Vikings, I think Ade is probably going to be the, the pick here, uh, considering that we got Cameron Sample. Just get more guys who are athletes, who can do some damage. I think we looking at the receiver board as you are right now, there are guys that we can take in a little bit that will be good value and still be really good players. Remember the elite wide receiver draft of 2015? Mm-hmm. We got Diggs in round five. I'm not saying you're going to find a Stephon Diggs in round five, but I'm also not saying you aren't. There are a lot of really good players who are going to be pushed down the board because of just a glut of talent at the position. Plus you have Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson. They're all hitting free agency. There's a lot of talent out there, and it's going to be really fun to see how everything just lands. Plus, we're going to see veterans that we're not anticipating right now hit free agency as teams try to get under the cap. Absolutely, okay. especially when you consider that cap is going to be $180, $181 million. Mm-hmm. Like, teams are not preparing for that. All right, so Ade is the guy. We're doubling up. Learning from the Super Bowl, bolstering that pass rush. There we go. And uh, I think we should also point out, Jason, that this isn't just a one-year sample size. Just look at look at the Super Bowl a couple years ago, or last year even. Look at how dominant both defensive lines were in that Super Bowl game. Look at uh, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, uh, Dexter Fowler with the Rams, and then uh, – the Eagles, when they beat the Patriots, they had eight guys rotating in and out on the defensive line. Like This isn't just a one-year freak-out sample size. The great, deep defensive lines win championships, and it's been proven over the course of the last few years. This is the way the league is trending. Get pressure with four, have good corners on the back end that can cover for four seconds, and you'll be able to do some damage. Okay. They have a good quarterback to get you there. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, generally Offense, speaking, to get to the Super Bowl, points. you're just going to be a good team all around. You basically just need good players everywhere. Yeah, top five. We, we have some work to get there. That's what we're doing today. So, David, what position groups are you liking at this point? Uh, probably best player available. We're sitting there. You might look at a corner if there's any available. I don't know that there is. Um I'm going to be honest with you, Dave. Maybe this corner class, after like the top four, it drops. It's yeah, it is not good. But um, gonna... Trey Brown, the Oklahoma kid, is a little interesting. <clears throat> uh, he runs like a four-three-five-forty, but he's got some issues in coverage. He did play well in one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. Did win Practice Player of the Week at the cornerback position for his squad. So that says something. But the I haven't had a chance to dive into the tape. I've heard that it's very inconsistent, but he's got that straight line speed, so somebody's going to take a chance on him. Maybe the ghost of Al Davis will come back and draft him. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy I want to focus in on, though, is safety Darius Washington out of TCU. Um, it was well known that TCU had the best safety duo in college football last year. Trevon Mooring is a borderline first-round talent. Darius Washington is just as good but he is not big. You can see there he's 5'8", 179. 
He's got great range and ball skills. Uh, he is fearless as a hitter. But at the same time, he is, Too he small. is small. Um, and that's why he's sitting here in round four. But with what the talent profile is, I'm okay with the size. And I don't know if he'll ever be what Bob Sanders was. But I'm also saying he's not. Like, I think he can be a really solid player, and he's he's going to give you a lot of effort, and he's going to make plays. Sold. Sold. See, I have a prejudice against small guys, especially if they're safety. You got to be able to hit, and you're going up oh, against receivers that, that are six three. But and you're asking him to play uh, to do things like play a deep middle and. Be a, be really good in zone. He can come up and play the run, but he's an, he's obviously small, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why he's available in round four. You deal with some of those size deficiencies at this point because there is a lot of talent that that's worth taking the risk. You're talking early round two. I'm with you, Dave. That size is just too big of a concern. But at this point, throw the dart. Okay, we're still in round four. End of round four. Right, we are still in round yep. four. <clears throat> I mean, the and honey badger's are, small, Dave. Yeah. yeah, but he's bigger than 5'8". No, five he's nine. not. No? He's listed at 5'9 on a Damn. pro football reference. Yeah, he is not that big. So with our last pick, uh, we're kind of looking at a group of players. You're looking at running backs. You're looking at safeties. We could go edge again if we wanted to and just say screw it. Um Kerry Vincent Jr. is um, very interesting uh, just because he's going to be kind of that slot guy. And I think we all know how uh, uh, um, Carlton Davis feels about slots. Dottie, you'll catch uh, flip tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, let's, <laughs> Dave, we haven't done nearly enough with the wide receivers. We kind of talked about it. Um, I'd either go wide receiver or I'd pick probably Sermon. Believe it or not, I think Sermon's really good, uh, but with what Sermon's game is, I'm not quite sure how he's going to fit with what the Vikings want him to do. Okay. Obviously, Derrick Henry r- runs the wide zone, and he does a really good job at it, but the Vikings aren't going to value a guy who's that big and thick uh, to uh, play in that style of offense. Um, Kylan Hill would be correct. an interesting one, and I think we, we know how uh, how I feel about Kylan Hill at this point. Um one guy I want to focus on, Josh Matterbebe, the Illinois kid. This guy has a 47-inch vertical leap. Damn. And he, when you say jump out of a gym, that is this guy. He has good size. He's not going to be overly explosive as far as uh, straight-line speed. But I think this is a guy that you take a chance on because he has a fantastic athletic profile. Um, He started at USC, transferred to Illinois. Uh, His brother was a five-star tight end prospect that was at the University of Florida and then ended up transferring to USC to be with his brother. And now they both have left the program. So there is a little bit of pedigree there with your matter, baby. And I think just with that incredible athleticism, you take a chance on him because he already is a good receiver. He's just not going to give you a lot of those other elements that some of the guys early on, like a Rashad Bateman, or a Devonta Smith, he's not going to be that elite route runner yet. But when you get, get a guy, when you get a guy round four who's who's a 
who can already go up, get the deep ball, winning contested catches because he jumps out of a gym, take him, develop him. And honestly, he would automatically be our number three wide receiver with what we have on the roster. And he'd be playing out wide, which is fine. Yep. And with the flexibility that we have with Thielen and Jefferson, we've talked about this many times on this show. Mm -hmm. It's okay to draft a, a specific type of player because you can maneuver both Thielen and Jefferson inside and outside, play them at X, Y, and Z. And it's okay if you draft a slot only guy or an X guy, because you have that, that kind of flexibility with the other two guys. And I like your matter baby and what he can bring uh, to the Vikings. And I would make him the pick here. Talk to me about uh, his limited production. What, what's going on there with someone? Cause I, I will say whenever someone is a, uh, plus athlete, but they don't have the production to go along with it, it does make me nervous. So help me uh, help me understand why I shouldn't be as concerned uh, well, in, in this case. He did start at USC, and I think some of the issues that he had at USC was there's just a glut of receivers. And that one of the things that's talked about a lot with Kadarius Tony right now in the process is that he didn't have a lot of production. And fantasy guys are saying, oh, he didn't have a breakout season until he was like 22. Well, he didn't have a breakout season until he was – a lot older because in 2019 Florida had seven guys on their roster that are playing on Sundays. Kyle Pitts, Trevon Grimes, Darius Tony are all going to be drafted. And they had three guys drafted one guy who made a team as an under undrafted free agent at receiver. Sometimes there's just too many guys to get the ball around. Then he goes to Illinois and he, he made some real flashes, but it's Illinois. I don't know if you've watched any Illinois football, Jason, they're bad. They're yeah. really bad. The junior year, football. it looks like he put some numbers up. Things seem to have tailed off in the senior season. Was that injuries or just – It was know. COVID, man. Illinois yeah, didn't just get to COVID. play a lot of football. I And yeah. Illinois is not good in general. I mean, it, you could kind of say the same thing with Rashad Bateman. Like, they were double and triple teaming him. They weren't trusting uh, Tanner Morgan at all defenses. They didn't buy that he was going to hit him deep. And you could kind of say the same thing. Um, so, and you, you yeah. you've made the case. I'm I'm on board with it. So uh, let's do it. The last pick, we're getting that wide receiver, another weapon. The draft is be is being finalized, and so to run through what we did here: no trades. Trey Lance, Spencer Brown, Andre Cisco, Cameron Sample, Ade, Adarius. And Josh, bringing things home. David, looking at this, we got QB. We got some trench action, coverage, doubling up at the edge position, more coverage, and a wide receiver. How do you feel about this? If this is the way the draft goes on draft night, are you happy or are you hoping the Vikings went in a different direction? No, I'm happy. I like that draft. Boom. We got the QB of the future. We got a wide receiver that can compete for number three, who's tall, fast, and can jump like a madman. Um, We've got some beef on the O-line and a little bit on the D-line to help. Hopefully in free agency, we're not going to get much in the first round of free agency. I doubt we'd pick up any big splash because we are over the cap. But after the draft, we can look at some of those other guys that are in the mid or lower range free agency to fill in any holes. And I like this. It's a good start. Boom. 
Well, there it is. We made it through. As always, listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Viewers, thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, if you're watching this right now, subscribe, hit the notification button. And if you're listening, go to YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification button. We do this live as we move forward. We're going to have a show for you live Sunday through Thursday, starting with two old bloggers, ending with Vikings hot take show for you every day of the week. And then those podcasts will be coming out the next day. So subscribe, hit the notification button. And yeah, that's it. That's all. Thanks for watching. Dave, hit the music. Skull, everybody. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.